0: We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. And if you call me Captain Keen one more time, I'm taking you with me. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Outbox. This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. Um, So yeah, CKDU is closed down guys, that's a thing. But that doesn't stop us from uh, making pre-recorded episodes and submitting them for your enjoyment. And so that's what I'm doing, because I like doing this every week gives me a sense of the week starting and ending and things like that, and I don't have much of that right now, so gotta work with what I got. Um, but yeah, let's get things started. Today should be a pretty good episode considering that I'm going to have a guest for most of the episode. Uh, It's gonna be coming by around the time of the news of the weird, so wait for that. But first, let's take a look at what's new over at LowBiasGaming.net. Uh, Scarlet brings us his contribution for the February 2020 um, Low Bias Monthly. Uh, Pinball, Zoop, Galga, and Tempest, two videos of each. Uh, So that is pretty good. Jason has been re-uploading pretty much his entire library because he is uploading things to his own channel, so reasons anyway. So there's a lot of playlists here that already existed that Jason is uh, re-uploading right now. Of the new things that he's adding, there's Final Fantasy VIII, two videos there, Minecraft three videos, and let's try to determine if there's anything else. I think that's pretty much everything new covered. As far as in the forums, we have up to episode 910 of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uploaded so far, as well as soundtracks for Misao, as well as 1942. 1942 has a soundtrack. It's like do 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 Anyway, it's a thing, and it is on lowbiasgaming.net at this point. Anyway, let's get to some music, shall we? You're listening to Square Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Yasuhiko Takashiba and Atsuyoshi Itsamura and it is the opening theme of today's game from the archives. <music> Big Al and the Street Kings think they can take over the streets for themselves. Punch, kick, and slam your way through six stages of rough and tough action solo or with a friend or go against a friend and see who really owns the turf. Jack Flack and Uzi Nelson bring their brawling skills to the street against Big Al and his gang of miscreants otherwise known as the Street Kings. Test out a myriad of street fighting techniques against waves of enemies as a lone hero or bring a sidekick. Take enough punches, and you're in your inner angry mode will rear its ugly head against your foes. You can also battle against the friend in PS mode and see who is left standing. And I feel like that was two different backs of boxes mixed together for some reason for Rival Turf, which is a beat em up game for the Super Nintendo, developed and published by Jalico and released in 1992. Um, it is not great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but the um, the back of the box kinda falls flat, and so does the game. Uh, nevertheless, I did play it for the um, Low Bias Monthly for January 2015, which was under the topic of beat-em-ups, which was submitted very, very, very late, but, you know, better late than never, I suppose. It's only one video, it's a bit long, but you might be interested if you are interested in
1: terrible games like this.
0: That was Scythe with Motabaiku de Tsudetete or Take Me by Motorbike. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Squarewave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You're home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird... It is time for the news of the weird, and for this one, since we're doing the whole uh, recording from home thing, I decided to bring in someone for, um, for this segment. Why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Uh, hey everyone, I'm Zero, friend of Coolio. Happy to be on.
0: <laughs> and also, occasional let's player and streamer, although not so many let's play as recently.
2: Yes, uh, adulting has taken over my life, and I find it harder to have the time to do that these days.
0: Yeah. That's, that's gonna happen to everyone, I'm afraid, but uh, we, at least with this, whole, um, with this whole shenaniganry that is forcing us to stay in our homes, there is some time to be allowed to not be an adult. It's quite so much. Anyway, uh, so yeah, News of the Weird, we're going to do the thing, um, and just to let you guys know at home that I do not read these stories ahead of time, some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they are a for objectionable content. Full disclosure, two stories are being taken out of uh, the News of the Weird today and being replaced by another story that I found elsewhere. Uh, this segment is usually 13-15 minutes long, but it might be a little long worth a guess here. Take all of that as you will. Our lead story for today, and so it begins. And I'll give you one guess what these next five stories are about.
2: Gee, I, I wonder what it could be. What, what's the hot topic of the day right now?
0: Hmm. Well, let's take a look. Limestone County Sheriff Mike Blakely is on trial in Athens, Alabama, facing 11 counts of theft and ethics charges related to his job. On March 6, Blakely went to the hospital where his lawyers told the court he was being tested for COVID 19, the disease associated with coronavirus. But in a special hearing on March 7, Dr. Maria Onoya told Judge Pride Tompkins that while Blakely was indeed admitted to the hospital and received multiple tests, None of them was for COVID-19. In fact, she said there was no evidence to suggest that he should be tested for it, the news courier reported. Judge Tompkins ended the hearing with the harsh words for Blakely's defense team. I don't know what your tactic is, but it's condemned by the court, he said. He went on to note that he was quote, very disturbed by the defense's mention of COVID-19 in the motion to continue, calling it irresponsible, reckless, and unfair to the community. Um, I mean, that's one way to try to get out of
2: other charges. So wait, he went there supposedly for COVID testing, but he wasn't getting, he was getting other tests done?
0: No, the problem, the problem was that he was facing 11 counts of theft.
2: Oh, so he was just hiding out there.
0: So he was like, I have COVID-19, I shouldn't be here. (laughs) And the judge was like, no, you don't. Sit down.
2: Well, that's one way to get them to leave you alone, at least for a while, I guess, but it's going to eventually catch up with you.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Now, meanwhile, in Queensland, Australia, people are panicking about running out of toilet paper during during the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, who isn't right now? Uh, which makes. Off. Exactly. Which makes Heidi Janetsky of Tuwomba extra popular after she made an error in her regular online TP order with Who Gives a Crap? Uh, when it asked for quantity, I put 48, she told Seven News, thinking it would be a box of 48 rolls. Turned out it was 48 boxes. <laughs> At first, she thought that she, that it was the online retailer's fault until she checked her credit card which showed an expense of $3,260 plus almost $400 shipping. Janetsky is selling the hot commodity to friends at a slight markup, hoping to raise money to send her kids on a school trip to Canberra. She's now known down under as the queen of toilet paper.
2: Wow. <laughs> well i mean i guess at least she's she is selling it to the people who need it although at a slight markup i would i personally would just shoot for whatever the price i paid so that i'm not gaining and i'm not losing and just help out other people but that's just me
0: yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing to do but at the same time it's like how did you order 48 boxes like it's a regular online TP order is exactly what the article said. If it's regular, then how could you make that mistake?
2: It right, seems- you don't typically you don't typically buy in by individual. I only want two rolls. It usually comes in some <laughs> form of a pack, even like say just a pack of six. You'd still be buying a lot.
0: Yeah, and there's no mention of um, how many rolls are in each box.
2: Oh, I well. For, it, it for could three, be six it could be twelve it, it, to who for, for three thousand dollars yeah.
0: exactly
2: you think that she would notice too that as as you're ordering like here's your total it's like three thousand dollars sure that's that seems right
0: <laughs> oh some people in any case our next story about this um, this problem uh, two state attorneys general and the Food and Drug Administration are cracking down on disgraced televangelist Jim Baker, who is now the host of the Jim Baker Show on cable TV. The New York Attorney General's office on March 3rd sent a cease and desist order to Baker, and on March 10th, the Missouri Attorney General filed suit against him. At issue is Baker's hawking of, quote, Silver Solution, a medication made from silver that supposedly cures all sorts of ailments for use in treating COVID-19. On February 12th, the Washington Post reported, Baker asked a guest on his show whether the gel could cure the coronavirus. It hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it's been tested on other strains of the coronavirus and has been able to eliminate it within 12 hours, said quote naturopathic doctor Cheryl Selman. In the letter, the extremely concerned Lisa Landau, chief of the Attorney General's Healthcare Bureau. Called the segment false advertising and said it violates new york law she gave baker 10 days to comply i would say if you're drinking silver if it cures you in 12 hours it's probably because you're dead
2: (laughs) well technically it is curing one thing but it creates a whole new problem so i I don't know if i want to take that
0: it's swapping one problem with another (laughs)
2: I mean, I know certain medicines tend to have side effects, but that's a little extreme, I think. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would trust someone who says, Here, take this, it'll it'll cure it, sure. There's a lot of that, I think, kind of going around lots of remedies of drink this or eat that and you'll be fine, but it's not coming from a, you know, a official source or professional, so i take it with a grain of salt or just don't do it.
0: Exactly, yeah. Story number four, a man in Vilnius, Lithuania with help from his sons reportedly locked his wife in their bathroom after she expressed worry to him that she had contracted COVID-19 from traveling to Italy where she came in contact with some Chinese people. That's awfully specific but okay. Um, The husband called a doctor who suggested she isolate herself. She contacted police because her husband wouldn't let her out. It's unclear how long she was locked in the bathroom, but Defly.Lt. reported that uh, she was tested for the virus and did not have it. That's a bit extreme. Um,
2: Yeah, although I I guess if you gotta be maybe locked in somewhere, the bathroom's not a bad place, at least if you need to go.
0: As long as you have toilet paper.
2: Right, (laughs) which they very well may not have had. I
0: I don't know what the situation is in Lithuania, but mm, it's kind of bad everywhere.
2: I I would imagine it's bad everywhere, among other things, not just teepee, but other certain key food items for sure.
0: Yeah, I went to Sobeys, uh, the grocery store here, just yesterday and big sign Uh, in the bread section that said the next Canada food shipment is Thursday, March 19th which is as of recording today but yeah, it's like there's three loaves of bread on the shelves that's about it
2: and it's probably old bread that nobody wanted even given the circumstances
0: I bought a loaf that's all all they had I got it
2: (laughs) (laughs) Got to get what you can get.
0: Exactly. And the last story for this um, tirade, the U.S. State Department has advised people, particularly older, older adults, to avoid cruise ships and air travel during the coronavirus onslaught. But some travelers just can't be dissuaded. Take, for example, Ben Stultz, a sophomore at Florida State University, who will head out on a cruise to Mexico this week for spring break. He's hoping to hit the sweet spot, get there, and get home before the virus takes hold in Mexico. To be safe, however, he's bringing along a respirator face mask and a deck of cards in case of, you know, quarantine. Uh, The Daily Beast asked Stultz if he uh, thought his plan was a sound one, to which he replied, Honestly, no. (sighs) I mean, at least he's conscious about it.
2: And at least he's got a deck of cards, so he's all good.
0: Yeah, and... he's probably also ready in case this whole coronavirus thing becomes a zombie outbreak or something. Um, in that well, case... Well, with the way,
2: with the way some people have been behaving, you think it would be the, the zombie apocalypse or something like that happening right now.
0: <laughs> no kidding, right? It's like the beginning of uh, The Walking Dead. There you go. <laughs> So, how about some stories that have nothing to do with with uh, coronavirus?
2: Uh, should I go ahead and read off this one here?
0: If, if you're, uh, if you want, sure, go ahead. So okay, Animal so... Antics.
2: This one here is titled, Faster Than It Looks Cow Captured After Two Months in Florida. Police in Florida said a loose cow that has eluded capture since January was finally captured by officers who lured the bovine into an enclosed area. The Pembroke Pines Police Department said the cow was spotted in the area of Sheridan Street and Interstate 75, causing officers to respond and guide the animal toward an enclosed field in Davie. The property owner agreed to allow the cow to stay until it could be safely moved. We wish the cow well on its future adventures, the department said. The police department said last week that the cow had been wandering the area since January and repeated failed a capture attempts revealed the animal is faster than it looks and is a talented fence jumper. Apparently so. Um. That's pretty funny that it's it's this cow has just been loose for two months doing who knows what. Having adventures. It's sort of
0: like the littlest hobo, except it's a cow. Um... You probably have no idea what The Littlest Hobo is. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it was a show in like the early 90s on CTV, so Canadian television. Um, in that case, it was a German Shepherd. But in this case, it's a cow. There you go.
2: And apparently, the uh, on this picture here, it shows pending charges, moving violations. Uttering false checks and fleeing and eluding police. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's yeah, uh, uh, it's <laughs> that's terrible. That's oh, <laughs> those are my kind of jokes. <laughs> well, then
0: there you go. Moving violations. Um, there are a couple of more stories in the uh, news of the weird list here, including some more animal act index. Firefighters were called to a farm near Bramham Leeds in England on March 7th to put out a fire in a large pig pen. At this particular farm, the pigs wore pedometers to prove that they are free-range, Fox News reported, but one of those gadgets was the probable cause of the blaze, firefighters said. They theorized that one of the pigs ate one of the pedometers, then passed it in in its excrement, sparking a fire in the pen's hay. The culprit was the copper in the battery reacting with the pig poo. No pigs were hurt in the fire. Let's hope they're getting all their steps in as usual. (laughs) Might be a good idea to keep in mind that pigs will eat pretty much anything. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a good idea to have them wear pedometers and, you know, their free range is cool, but um... They'll eat pretty much anything.
2: Yeah, what's what's to stop them from eating? Maybe they couldn't eat their own that's attached to themselves, but they could just eat one that's hanging off all the other ones.
0: Pretty much, yeah. And our last story for today, the continuing crisis. A Polish tattooist known only as Piotr A. has pleaded not guilty to causing blindness in model Aleksandra Sadowska, 25, from uh, Rauklaw, uh, or I think that's, I think this is Warsaw but I could be mistaken. Or It's spelled W-R-O-C-L-A-W, make what you will of that, it's in Poland. Uh, Sadowska engaged the artist to dye her eyeballs black in 2016. Following the procedure, she had pain in her eyes which the tattooist said could be treated with painkillers. But she lost sight first in her right eye and doctors told her there was nothing they could do to prevent the same fate for her left eye. There is clear evidence that the tattoo artist did not know how to perform such a delicate procedure, Sadowska's lawyer said, according to the Daily Mail. And yet he decided to perform it which led to this tragedy. As he waits his trial, uh, the tattooist continues to run his salon in Warsaw where he mainly uh, pierces ears.
2: Ooh, I- I actually did see this story before, and I just- I don't know why you'd want to do that? And I can't imagine how painful that must be.
0: Yeah, that's like... I- I know that eye tattoos are a thing, but why do you do this? Like, seriously.
2: Oh, and this is a prime example of why not to do it? Don't- don't go blind.
0: Pretty much, yeah. All right, that's about it for the news of the weird. Since this is pre-recorded, I can't give you a proper weather report just to say that uh, today, Friday, March 20th, it's pretty much going to be raining all day and staying around 10. uh, And temperatures are starting to go back up in general um, with uh, uh, some rain maybe Saturday and Tuesday, but other than that, should be fairly clear. Uh, you can certainly check the weather on weather.gc.ca, which is where I get my uh, weather news for the show, but until I get to do it live again, I can't give you a proper report, so we'll go with that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, Radio 8.1 FM, Halifax, and time to listen to some music. was H-Mister with Focus, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm cool here if you don't know, along with
2: It's Zero again. Hey guys
0: and uh, we are going to do the dialogue box, which is just simply we're gonna hang out and talk for a few minutes. Uh, so, Zero, as I've mentioned, is um, sort of a Let's Player, hasn't done a whole lot of recorded videos in a while, but still does uh, streams on occasion. And um, I believe that uh, you had mentioned to me that your latest stream was Commander Keen 7.
2: Yes, so years ago, I did Commander Keen 5 as a request for a friend of mine, and then I did 4, and then 3.5, then I went back to 6, and then I stopped for a while. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do 7 and beyond because 7, 8, and 9 are not official games. Mm. They're actually fan-made ones, modding the, using the tools and resources from the original ones. But they play just like the other one, so you wouldn't almost know the difference. And I finally decided to do seven at the request of someone. And I had a good time with it. And I probably will do eight and nine at some point.
0: Uh, Any chance of ever going back and doing uh, one, two, and three invasion of of the uh, Vorticons?
2: So that came up. Quite a few times back then i don't have any plans right now and maybe it's just kind of for a weird reason because it was weird enough starting with five and then working somewhat backwards and then forwards again but it was all within the the same game engine one through three is a lot older and i know it plays a little differently so i'm not sure if i wanted to go backwards like that having experienced the improvements and changes in the later ones then going back to an older version and maybe i wouldn't have as good of an experience and mm. so i kind of just avoided those but it's not out of the question i wouldn't say i'll i'll never do it it just i never had the desire at the time
0: you know john carmack from what i understand when he originally made the engine for like the original commander Keen engine Um, he was trying to sell it to Nintendo as a DOS version of Super Mario Brothers.
2: And they would just, what, reskin it and make it a Mario game?
0: Well, he had made the engine, like, he didn't make, he he hadn't made Commander King yet. He had just made Ah. the engine, and he was trying to sell the engine to Nintendo. Uh, I think he had made, like... Uh, Super Mario Brothers One One in that engine just to kind of demonstrate, but uh, they were not interested. So hmm. he decided to make his own franchise, which for better or worse still exists today.
2: I think it worked out. It was a it was a well known, popular enough franchise. I think.
0: I don't, I don't know about the new mobile game though. I haven't played it myself, but I've not really heard anything good about it.
2: I I did hear that that was a thing. Is it already released, or is it still being worked on?
0: I'm honestly not sure. I'm gonna have to check.
2: Because I do remember hearing that, you know, Commander Keen is back, and I thought, Oh, maybe they're actually making a a new game, and then I heard it was a mobile game, which... uh, Could be hit or miss. There are a lot of good mobile games out there for sure, but there is definitely a lot that... uh, Not so much.
0: Oh, well, there there definitely is Commander Keen on. Um, oh wait, no, that's this is called Commander Genius, um, but it's it's a port of uh, Commander Keen
2: uh, four and five as far as I can. Well, maybe just four. Hmm. Yeah, because the the mobile game is—is is it actually Commander Keen, or is it just a spiritual successor with a different name, but it plays like it? Because I know that that sometimes happens too. It's not necessarily the same franchise, but for all intents and purposes, it's the you know, spiritual successor to it.
0: It is kind of both. Um, like, it's not—it's not Billy Blaze, but it is like his kids apparently.
2: His kids, so he's all grown up now.
0: Yeah. Passes but, on um, the helmet to his child. But you know the the interesting thing is that, um, one generation down the line, as far as I understand, like the the kid of one of uh, Billy Blaze's kids is Doom Guy.
2: Is the Doom Guy?
0: Yeah. Because it goes Wolfenstein, Skip a Generation, Commander Keen, Skip a Generation, Doom.
2: So you're telling me that all those games are in the same universe? Apparently. Hmm. We could get some kind of game where you have them all cross over and they're all in the same world at the same time and we'll do something with it.
0: not really sure how that would work, though. (laughs) Yeah.
2: They'll find some way. Time travel or something. I don't know.
0: Well, goodness knows Star Trek has it about a million times. But um, just in general, um, I think that you also mentioned um, DOS gaming is just a big thing. And it's a big thing for me as well.
2: Uh, oh, and- yeah, because I, I grew up... I came. I used to have our old first computer until it finally kicked the bucket. But I learned how to navigate through DOS, so I can I can without a mouse, you know, or a, a Windows, you know, U, UI, anything like that. I could navigate with that, and so I learned to play some games. I have a lot of my old DOS games still up in my room, and I occasionally still go back to some of them because for me it's. A lot of nostalgia, and and they're just... For a lot of them, they're still fun for me to play, even to this day.
0: Yeah. Uh, Any games in particular that uh, you enjoy?
2: I'd say one of the ones that always comes to the top of my head is Mega Race. And that was actually one of the earliest things that I made a Let's Play for, because I just wanted to show it off.
0: not surprised that you had mentioned Mega Race.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I figured you might know, because it... I think it was maybe the second or third one I ever did and I was still learning the ropes of the times so which wasn't the best, but I just I really wanted to show off the game because for me, every time I play that game, it just it takes me back to my childhood. The 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 FMV sequences, the music, Lance Boyle's character, it just <laughs> it I can picture myself back again. I can't remember how young I was, but back in our old living room with our old computer and just Playing it like every other day, and I, I beat the game and I would just play it again tomorrow because I just had fun doing it.
0: <laughs> I'm Lance Boyle, and it doesn't hurt a bit.
2: <laughs> I, I, it really makes me laugh too because in high school, I had a teacher for I can't remember which exact it wasn't a history class, maybe it was geography. I think it was geography, it might have been mixed with something else, but my teacher. He looked like Lance Boyle. He sounded and, and talked like him. He had the same mannerisms. And oh, back in those back in those days, YouTube wasn't really like a thing yet. So I couldn't show him the game in any fashion. I, I really wanted to show it to him to show like, look, this is this is you right here. And it just <laughs> it forever stuck with me. And I, I always regret that I couldn't show him that how similar his the character was to how he was.
0: And then, 20 years later, you find out that your teacher was actually- actually Christopher Ericsson.
2: If it was, that would have been hilarious, but I- I know for a fact that that was not his name, unless he was going underneath a different one, but maybe- maybe they were brothers, or- or long, long long-distance cousins, or something.
0: (laughs) Oh, who knows? Um... Yeah, it was Mega Race, uh, any others that come to mind?
2: Uh, since we were talking about DOS, uh, some bad ones come to mind. The oh, uh, For some reason, I, when we were talking about Commander Keen, I also thought about... And I guess because you mentioned Mario, I thought about the Mega Man DOS port. Oh, And geez. how I absolutely hated that game because it played nothing really like the Mega Man games I knew on the NES. And I could... For the life of me, could not beat that game. I couldn't beat even one boss. Well, I'm not even sure if I reached a boss.
0: It's not even really a port. It's its own game, honestly.
2: Oh right, I I said port, but yeah, it was a it was an uh, a a PC DOS version of it. Yeah. I thought, oh, Mega Man, cool, and then I played it, and it was not terrible. Cool. From what I recall, it's been a long time since I've played it, but from what I can recall in the opening stage, you're getting chased by these dogs that there's really no point in shooting at them because they're faster than you and they just keep jumping on you and you just keep taking damage. So you just run. You just run in a blank field until you reach the end gate and hope you make it there with some HP left. (laughs) And then you finally get to pick from... I think it was only three bosses. I can only remember Dynaman and two others who the heck knows but I don't recall ever beating any of their stages maybe one time I made it to a boss but had such low life that I probably couldn't beat it so I just as a kid I could never beat it
0: yeah I mean I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people have that same story it's not exactly um it's not exactly well designed um (laughs) <laughs> they, they seem to have made more of an effort with the other two Mega Man games that came out. Um, in fact, Mega Man X is pretty similar to the original Super Nintendo Mega Man X.
2: Yeah, so you mentioned that one. I actually owned that one. I remember the day in Toys R Us, walking down the aisles, looking at the games, and I saw Mega Man X for PC. And I was, of course, a huge fan of that series. It's probably my favorite game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I saw that's like, oh, it's for PC. And I, of course, <laughs> I wanted it. And I also saw that it came with a a joypad, a three-button joypad, kind of like the Sega Genesis or one of those the Sega con- controllers, very similar to that. Um, it came with it, which was great for for being able to play the game. And like you said, it was pretty faithful to the original. I, being such a hardcore fan of the, the Super Nintendo version, I knew it inside out. I did notice very, very small differences. Little things, simple things like this platform isn't quite as wide or quite as tall. or the, the opening's a little off shape just because I just knew those things for some reason. <laughs> but for the most part, it was 99% accurate and completely playable. I don't recall having any issues with it. And it was it was good. It was a good port.
0: Yeah, unlike the uh, unlike the Ninja Turtles DOS game, I don't know if you've played that one.
2: I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever did, and if so, it was so long ago that I don't remember it. I can only think of the NES game.
0: Well, uh, let's just put it this way: first, there's no digitized music, so I mean that's possibly one of the better parts of the game out the window. Uh, and also, the game is unbeatable.
2: Oh, uh, isn't it the the, the one platform? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that before to me on some other topic, I probably have, Uh, That's right, it's... it's... (laughs) that's... You'd think that they would catch that in playtesting, that... You know, guys, we can't get past this part, we might want to fix it first.
0: what playtesting is what I have to say. It's like, I feel like they tested it enough to make sure the engine works... And that the uh, levels look like they should, but you know somehow miss that one little extra piece of platform that makes the game actually winnable. Uh, and also the, um, the the it also kind of brings up the generation of um, code sheets for for like copy protection.
2: All right.
0: Uh, Because you have these code sheets that are designed in such a way that you can't really photocopy them because, you know, either the colors are too similar or something like that. But it makes them really hard to read. (laughs) Right? It's like, I, I realize that you don't want to have, you know, pirated copies just floating around, but. One, if you can't read the sheet, then like the original sheet, then you can't play the game. And two, someone can just transcribe all the codes anyway.
2: Like right. And one of the games that comes to mind for me having to deal with um, was Wizardry 7 was one that had a had those kind of protections. But it was the one where you have to turn to a page in the manual. Go to this page, this paragraph, this line, and this word and type it in. And if you type it in correctly, the game will finish loading. And if it doesn't, it just kicks you out. You have to just go back in and try again and it'll give you a different word to search for. And for my brother and I, we had the manual, but for some reason we didn't have it right there always with us at the computer. So sometimes we would just guess keywords that we knew were (laughs) some of the passwords and just hope it would work. And kind of just brute-force it until it eventually went, which could sometimes take a while. Which... It would have been a lot faster to have just gotten the manual, or at least made a copy of the manual, or something like that.
0: Which, I don't know which is worse, the games that when you put in the wrong code just closes out, or the games that when you put in the wrong code lets you keep playing, but eventually you get completely screwed. Um... (laughs) Like, for instance, uh, Transarctica is one example. Uh, this a game that was played on Dolls Game Club uh, a while back. Um, you, ba- you basically you're, you play as a train, effectively. And if you put in the wrong code, it'll let you play until you get close to the end, and then a huge pack of like invincible wolves will start attacking the train and take it down.
2: That's that's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> it's more, more or less the uh, the, the ski free Yeti of this game.
2: Oh, the ski free Yeti was the best. My bro, we all, all of those win those games were the best. What, I think was it after a thousand meters or whatever the distance was that was the goal line. but if you go like another thousand, that's when he appears and you really you really can't outrun him. He will eventually catch you no matter how well you try to dodge <laughs> him.
0: just about yeah. Anyway, uh, that's about the time that we have for this segment, so it's time for some music. So you're listening to Squire Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. that was Megalovania by Toby Fox from the Undertale soundtrack as requested by Axe Immortal and that will do it for today's episode I do thank Zero for joining me on this episode and um, hope that uh, you can join us again in a future
2: one yeah be down to it was great thanks for having me
0: and where can people find you online
2: Uh, I'm on YouTube the real Zero the e and the zero is actually a three so the real zero with a three you'll find it
0: (laughs) all right uh and that just does it i might have as many as two guests in next week's episode if everything goes well so let's hope it does but uh for now let's close things up as i usually do Squarewave Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Nariki Kamikura, Twilight of Defect, Yakov Yelkonen, and, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the, astro- uh, the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7 p.m., and Press Start to Continue at 830 comments, questions, want your chit-tunes featured on the show, email me at sim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on twitter at Sim S-Y-M. You can also call the CKVU feedback line at 902-494-8041 or leave feedback on ckvu.ca, click on shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and there's a link right there. There's a podcast version of this show available as well on lowbiasgaming.net slash sim S-Y-M or just search for SquareWave Symphony. SquareWave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Player, TuneIn Radio, or pretty much almost any podcast thing that you like to use. This has been SquareWave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Collier if you don't know, along with... I'm Zero. And I'll see you guys next time.
1: The last <laughs>